The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. on Sunday, February 27th, 2022. And thank you for joining us for the Walking Dead online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. Very quick uh, bit of housekeeping. I'm having headphone issues tonight because they are not charged properly. Uh, We had a power outage the other day, and something might not have reset. So if I disappear, I promise I will be right back. But I just wanted to give you guys a heads up if anything funky happens. Um, All right. Tonight's show contains spoilers up to the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. And I would like to say welcome to uh, one of our regulars who is usually by my side every week. Joan, thank you for coming. Very much appreciated. Let me tab over real quick. I have the app going that monitors the functionality of my headset. If I can get the app to come up, and that can tell me how, like, how much time I've got left on the charge that's on it. And I will probably also be voraciously charging in between episodes. All right, it is taking a charge and getting higher, so we will see what we can do. Okay, so let me go back to my notes. Um, first, uh, typically we show, start the show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week with recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we'll go dark or mute, and we'll watch the new episode together and then rate the episode between 1 to 10 as well as give commentary during the commercial breaks. We will also give our listeners trivia on the show as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic-free. Please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented. Alrighty. First, welcome to the final season of The Walking Dead Classic. Tonight is episode 10. It is in the second third of the last season. So it will be episodes 8, pardon me, not 8. 9 through 16. And tonight's episode will be followed by The Talking Dead around 11 p.m. or or immediately following the new episode. If the new episode doesn't run super long, it'll be closer to 10 than it is 11. Um, Just so FYI. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you for stop running episodes of stupid shows we don't care about in between. Don't separate them. There's no point in airing them both if you're not going to air them both. All right. Number two, Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 9, mid-season premiere, will return immediately following Walking Dead, Episode 16, which will be April 10th. So Fear opens back up on April 17th and will run eight episodes, the back eight. Uh, Number three, for those who may be behind and didn't catch that, I don't know what rock you're under, but uh, Walking Dead World Beyond has ended in wraps, and they have little... Plot streamers going everywhere for future things. Fourth, in 2023, the fourth season is coming at some point during the year. Uh, Thus thus far, unnamed spinoff front about Carol and Daryl. We've been talking about this for ages, but they haven't named it. And I find that super strange. I don't know why they haven't 
definitely they've already written the first episode angela kang wrote it um but i don't really understand what they're doing with this i think they kind of bit off more than they could chew because at one point a few months ago um i think back before the christmas break i had been listing for you 10 different projects now the first three are projects that were already here and a couple of them were webisodes but anyway they've trimmed it down some and i'll mention that again in a second um, in summer 2022, you know, a couple months from now, there will be a fifth show, which is the sixth episode anthology, Tales of the Walking Dead. Filming already began in January. Channing Powell is showrunner. Uh, you may recognize that name. I believe she's written several episodes of Walking Dead Classic. There may be more than one season. So this, it may be six episodes as filler in between seasons or segments or something it may be something to kill the time between fear and the last part of walking dead last season uh scott gimple also hinted that madison clark from fear may possibly appear in an episode sonequa martin green who played sasha expressed her interest to return for an episode so that would be an episode about sasha there's also a rumor that samantha morton who played alpha may get an episode other cast uh, probably is going to include Terry Crews, Anthony Edwards. That ought to be very interesting for um, Revenge of the Nerds fans, among other things he's done, but that's my favorite. Parker Posey, Poppy Lou, Jillian Bell, and Daniela Pineda. Um, there's a tweet about that, but I can't share that with you guys right now. <laughs> okay, so that's the scoop on the latest scoop on Tales. Number six, Dead in the Water, which is a Fear webisodes mini prologue. First rumored back in March 2021. It's coming up on a year that they brought this up. This digital exclusive webisode series tells the story of the USS Pennsylvania from the end of season six of Fear. There have been no further details posted since last fall. We don't actually know if Dead in the Water might be Dead in the Water. But um, um, also, uh, Nota Bene. There have been a few more possible shows mentioned, but talk on these has faded, so we're not going to go over those again right now. I will bring them up if they end up in the news or something, you know, where they resurrect them. But right now, they brought it up, and then they kind of just had episodus interruptus on us. All righty. Feel free to call in to speak with the host at 914-338-0314. You can call in any time tonight, but we especially encourage you to call between 8.30 and 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, you're still welcome to call during the live show, but you will be screened and muted until the commercial break where we can chat on the air. If the phones are not your thing, feel free to join us in our live chat room where you'll be able to listen to the show real time and you can meet the wonderful Joan. And you can download the episode after the fact at that same link. And the links are on our Facebook page and my Twitter and Facebook. If you're unable to join us in real time this evening, you can still go back to each episode link later and download the broadcast as an MP3 podcast for later listening. Click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page. You can also download this and prior episodes on iTunes. Let's see what Joan has to say. Oh, she's fingers crossed for the charging. Actually, let me run over to the app and see if it's charging. It is charging. Okay. So I'm not sure what happened earlier. Maybe perhaps one of the cats had gotten into my office and pulled the plug out just a wee bit so it wasn't taking. 
Joan has also said, yay, Talking Dead is on at 10.07 tonight, so immediately following Walking Dead, which does not seem to be extending too badly. All right, so that will be nice to be able to get to bed a little earlier than we have been. Okay, let's dive in. Tonight's The Walking Dead episode is entitled New Haunts. The official AMC synopsis is, the heroes experience Halloween in the Commonwealth. Daryl, excuse me, and Rosita undergo military training led by Mercer. Carol investigates Ezekiel's medical condition. And additional synopsis, let me bring this up for you. Um, Comicbook.com has stopped doing synopses and mostly is doing videos if they mention it at all. Give me just a second. I have tendonitis in my thumb and I have a brace on, and the brace is making it very difficult for me to copy this link for you guys. So I'm going to take that off for a minute because it makes my mouse behave better. Why is this not copying? Come on, copy all the things. Copy. I don't know why this is being such a butt with me right now. I apologize for this. I'm having a very bad technical difficulty thing. Let me see if I close my notes and reopen them if it behaves a little bit better. Sometimes that will clear it up. Let's see how we're doing. All right, come on, open, open. All right, let's try this one more time. Will you do it now? No, it's still being a bud face. Oh, this is gonna be problematic because I have to copy paste links and stuff. Um. I'm going to come back to it. Maybe I can get it to work while we're waiting on the opening sequence or something. Um, the summary for it is um, The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 10 Preview. Connie questions the Commonwealth. Weeks have passed since the Alexandrians arrive at, arrived at the Commonwealth. And I know I'm not on drugs. I swore that the last episode said it had been six months before Daryl comes in uniform to talk to Maggie. So I'm not sure what they're doing with that. And obviously that's going to be put in the pocket and we're going to talk about other things. Um, it also says in the teaser, they adjusted the classifications, their assigned jobs, and the oddity of making new friends. And that actually partly came from the original synopsis that they didn't end up quite using. Sorry, I need to take a drink. Um, not sure what to do with the copy paste, so I'm going to ignore that. I'll come back to it. I'll fiddle with it while we're dark. Okay, so tonight's episode is written by Magali Lozano, who is female, by the way. That name was a little ethnic, so I had to look it up. And directed by John Amiel, A-M-I-E-L. Yes, you will recognize that name because he directed last week's episode. All right, profile for Magali Lozano. No personal bio info is available on her. She seems to have started her professional work around 2013 and has held a wide variety of crew positions from producer, makeup artist in 2014, art director in 2014, and camera career in 2015. She has actually held multiple crew positions over several years on Wagyu Dead Classics starting in 2016. She was a writer's production assistant for four episodes in 2016, a writer's assistant, no production, for nine episodes in 2017 to 19. She was Angela Kang's personal assistant for 30 episodes from 2017 to 2020. So those are going on at the same time. And then 
She is now a producer associate from 2021 to the present for 14 episodes so far. And that actually answered my earlier question when I was looking at her IMDb resume. She really seemed like she was just a crew member of all trades, and I couldn't figure out how she got to write an episode. But apparently she's been working with the show for several years under multiple positions, and that is probably how. This is her big break tonight as far as that goes. Um, so this will be her first time writing an episode. Um, John Amiel, I read this to you last week. I'm going to do it again. Amiel was born in London to parents who grew up in the east end of London. Amiel's grandparents were immigrants Isaac and Mary Amiel, Polish and Russian Jews. He attended the William Ellis School in Highgate before studying English literature at Sydney Sussex College, Cambridge, graduating in '69. After studies in English literature, Amiel graduated from Cambridge University and ran the Oxford and Cambridge Shakespeare Company, which often toured the USA. He became the Hampstead Theatre Company's literary manager and began directing there, relocating to the Royal Shakespeare Company. He is married to Tara Fuchella, and they have two kids. Amiel joined the BBC as a story editor studied television directing and did TV work through the late 1970s and early 1980s, scoring attention in 1985 with Silent Twins, oh, The Silent Twins, pardon, uh, 85, an unforgettable recreation of the tragic Silent Twins, June and Jennifer Gibbons, who spoke only to each other. Airing during the same year, Marjorie Wallace's nonfiction book, The Silent Twins, uh, written in 86 and was published by Prentice Hall. The docudrama was the BBC selection for entry at the Locarno and Montreal Film Festivals. As noted in Stephen Gilbert's biography of Dennis Potter, Emil was working on The Silent Twins when Kenneth Trod gave him the six singing detective scripts. After international acclaim for The Singing Detective in 86, Emil's feature film debut, Queen of Hearts, in 89, premiered at Cannes, was named Best First Film at the Montreal Festival and won the Birmingham Festival's Best British Feature Film Award. Emiel's Tune In Tomorrow in 90, based on Mario Vargas Loza's Aunt Julia and the scriptwriter, won the Do- Deauville Festival Pre-Public Public Prize. Uh, he followed with the period drama Summersby in 93, the thriller Copycat in 95. I kind of liked that one, even though it was a little cheesy. Um, but I didn't care. Uh, the Man Who Knew Too Little in 97 and moved into Action Adventure with Entrapment in 99 and The Core in 2003. Emiel was a mentor of the second annual Hatch Audiovisual Festival in Bozeman, Montana. Hatch is a film and arts festival that focuses on mentoring and inspiring student, independent, and up-and-coming filmmakers and artists. Um, he's gotten five awards and had an additional nomination. He did not win. I will at some point need to go into IMDb and finish cleaning up that entry, but there was a lot of talking in there. and It was not very succinct. So sorry about that, but he has won several awards. That's the important part. Emil has been working in the industry since roughly the early to mid-80s, and he has also been a writer, script, and continuity person, and a producer. He has 45 director's credits, including The Tudors in 2008, The Borgias in 2012, Once Upon a Time in 2013, and American Gods 2021. 
He is also working on a future director project called Masterwork with writer Mark Gottlieb. Tonight is his second work anywhere in the Walking Dead franchise. He first directed last week's episode, No Other Way. And let's give them some big applause. Thank you for this episode. Okay, it's 8.47. we got a little time left. So let's bounce into trivia. Tonight's episode, New Haunts, episode 10, is the 163rd episode of Walking Dead ever. First appearance of the character Pamela Milton. I question that because we saw her once before. I'm not sure why they said that. Maybe it's because we saw her from afar. Joan, if you have any memory of what Governor Milton was doing, I'm pretty sure she was on the last couple of episodes just quickly as snips and foreboding, you know. Um, First appearance of my M-E-I. First appearance of Jake Daniels. (laughs) No, not the whiskey. First appearance of Green, who's a character, and first appearance of Sally. As of this episode, unfortunately, Callum McAuliffe Alden has been removed from the opening credits. I'm going to give him applause because we're rooting for him. I was very sad to see he didn't make it. I wanted a much more heroic ending to that or an explanation of what happened. Something. I don't know. All right. Starting with this episode, Lila or Layla, L-A-I-L-A, Robbins, who plays Pamela Milton, is credited as a series regular. She is listed under also starring. This episode marks Nadia Hilker, uh, Hilker's 25th appearance in the TV series. She's, um, I want to say Magda, I spaz on what her character name is. If you can look it up for me, it's the one with the German accent who was in a relationship with the lady that was a lawyer. Um, just double check and see if it was Magda or she had a different name. It's been a while since I've seen her. Um, this is the second episode to feature Halloween stuff after the episode Scars. All right. Um, Joan says, I remember seeing Governor Milton in the previews, but I don't remember seeing her in the actual episodes. I could have sworn we did, but you know, I maybe that I'm thinking of the previews and I thought it was an episode. That's entirely possible. So, um, at any rate, we will be seeing a lot of her tonight, whether it's the first time or a hint. You know, it's going to be from now on. All right, co-stars tonight, Anthony Azor as R.J. Grimes, Chiara, or Chiara, I'm not sure the pronunciation, Misawa as Mai, M-E-I. She is a Commonwealth youth. I'm unclear about her age, but she's quite young. She's older than a toddler, but possibly not by much. Michael Hansen is Jake Daniels, who's a Commonwealth young adult. Bruce Blackshear is Walker, not a Walker, but the character Walker. Commonwealth resident, based in Ohio. This character is credited as Walker in New Haunts. I'm not sure what else it would have been credited as, but whatever. Now, this one is a bit of a stumper. There's a name, B-R-A-I-A-N. It's like Brian with extra stuff in it. I do not know how to pronounce it, so I'm not going to try, but I'm just going to say Brian, but that's not how it's spelled. Brian Rivera Jimenez as Green, who is a Commonwealth teen or possibly young adult. It's hard to really be sure. He looks kind of high school or young college age-ish in the picture. Sharon Conley is Sally, who is a Commonwealth adult. And last, Sean McCracken 
and last, Sean McCracken as Doorman, who's a Commonwealth adult. And those are the co-stars. And then uncredited, let me double-check on my headphones. I'm hoping they're charging. They are. Okay. We should be all right. Um, Joan says, just because I don't remember dangerous trusting my memory. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's fine. Between the two of us, we usually get it cleaned up. You know, and that's one of the things I enjoy about you helping. Um, uncredited actors, Seven as Dog, as always. Micah King as Ezra, the son of Jerry and Nabila. Autumn Azul as Aaliyah, daughter of Jerry and Nabila. And Maya and Delaney Timber, twins, as Miriam, the youngest daughter of Jer- Jerry and Nabila. Unknown actress, uh, infants, probably twins, uh, play Socorro Espinoza Coco, uh, the daughter of Sadiq and Rosita. And Jimmy McAfee is an Alexandria resident. He's actually listed as Savior 31. He's been on the show since season six, here and there, being in the background as a random Savior that eventually came to the other side after Rick left. Um, Also, uh, Mario Williams as Alexandria resident, Laura L. Anderson Weber as an Alexandria resident, and Gia, G-I-A, that's the entirety of the name, as an Alexandria resident. Lindsay Monahan as a Hilltop resident. Meredith Duffy Hale as a Hilltop resident. Uh, uh, okay, Terry Joe Kennedy as a Hilltop resident. And then Rachel Hernandez as an Oceanside resident and Ember Brown as an Oceanside resident. Those are all of the uncredited. Uh, let's see if Joan has anything else. Oh, yes, she has confirmed I did remember something correctly. The actress is playing a character named Magna. Uh, It was Yumiko's former girlfriend. Okay, last episode trivia, No Other Way. Episode 9 was the 162nd episode of Walking Dead ever. The last appearance of Agatha as a corpse. The original plot summary for the episode was as follows. Hellfire rains down on those at Meridian as every fight within the Reapers proves to be a brutal battle. At home in Alexandria, the violent rainstorm rages on as walkers continue to pour in, threatening everybody's safety, including Judith and Gracie. Co-stars last week, Mandy Christine Kerr as Barbara. She's a resident of Alexandria, a founding member since season five. Annabelle Holloway as Gracie, Savior's daughter that Aaron adopted. Anthony Azor as R.J. Grimes. Kian Michael Spiller as Herschel Ree. Ethan McDowell as Washington, who is a Reaper. Zach Zadalis as Boone, a Reaper. And Lex Laletta as Austin, a Reaper. Uncredited from last week, Seven as Dog. Unknown actress as Kim, the warden in Alexandria. She was played by a different unnamed actress in Season 10, Episode 17, Home Sweet Home. Unknown as Coco. Unknown as Adam Sutton. He's been played by three different unknown infant actors in Seasons 9, 10, and now 11. He's a former member of the Whisperers, later abandoned by his mother, Frances, sister of Mary, Whisperer up and coming at the time. He is then rescued by Hilltop and adopted by Earl and Tammy. After Tammy and Earl's death, Alden becomes his new adoptive father. And, oh, that's going to need to get dealt with somehow. Okay. Uh, A prop was Agatha's body, and Ed Force is a Hilltop refugee, um, technically listed as Survivor number 202 in the extras since season 9. And there were no errors listed last week. All right. Um, 
And Jonas pointed out, I did have that written down, but the actress is Nadia Hilker. Um, yeah, that uh, just had her 25th appearance on the show. Pardon my drink breaks. I, I discovered a really, really awesome thing. I don't want to say too much about the brand name because I don't want to come off like I'm doing a commercial because I'm not. Um, but there is a drink mix brand. They have like little packets you can put in your water bottle and make like pretend Gatorade. And there's a company that makes some that seem to have some, uh, I guess, catering to Hispanic or Latin communities. Um, so they have flavors, a certain limon, and there's one that's a little spicy, but then they have horchata. And so can you imagine horchata Gatorade? Well, it's not Gatorade brand, but, you know, sports drink. And this stuff is awesome, and I cannot wait until Radio Silence to have some. We only have four minutes, though, so let me do the birthdays, and then let's, let's stop there. And then I can fiddle with the copy-paste while you guys are doing that. Okay, cast birthdays this week. Demetrius Gross, who played both Emil and Josiah LaRue in Fear. His birthday was February 26th, and he's from D.C. That's kind of nice. Noah Nicholas Emmerich, who was Dr. Edwin Jenner in, at the CDC Doctor Season 1. He's the one that told Rick everybody's infected. His birthday is actually today, and he is from New York City. Charles Halford, who was Lonnie in Telltale Games, The Walking Dead Season 3, so in, in the video game, and also played Yago, a savior, in Season 8. His birthday is tomorrow, 28th, and he's from Salt Lake City. And last, Kevin Diebolt, who is a writer for Walking Dead Classic. He's done several episodes. His birthday will be March 4th. And he is from Buffalo, New York. So let's give everybody happy birthday applause. Yay! Still have three minutes, so I'm going to inch by just a little with the short things. Uh, featured music from last episode, uh, episode nine, No Other Way. There wasn't anything that was identified. And also, unaccounted for characters are still Heath, Rick, and Georgie. And Winnie, the girl who ran away in season nine, episode 14, Scars. That had to do with Michonne being pregnant and being attacked by kids. I just keep bringing it up because every time they make a character very detailed and interesting and then they vanish, I don't like that. If they're going to be a throwaway character, then throw them away. Don't play with your food. Okay. Uh, we have time to squeeze in Talking Dead before we go dark. Talking Dead tonight is going to have Michael James Shaw, who plays Mercer. Teo, or Teo, I, I assume it's Teo. Rap Olson who plays Sebastian Milton, and Yvette Nicole Brown, who is a celebrity super fan. We're very happy to have them on. And it's now not quite 8.59. Okay, I'm going to go back to the link that I was trying to copy so that I can fool with this while we're dark, basically. I'm not sure what else is going on. You know, it might be the font. I'm going to try a different font maybe or something. Not really clear what all is happening. I would laugh if that actually solves it, but unfortunately it didn't. All right. So we're going to go dark now, and I will see you guys at commercial break number one. Okay, guys. It's actually 9.02, and we're already at a break. They gave us, like, just a tiny... Hint and a lick or something. Okay, so um, 
I want to get Joan's comments in here before we start voting since it was so short. Watching the end of last week's episode, I can't help but think back to when the group first got to Alexandria. How did Eugene go from being in trouble for punching that obnoxious Milton kid to leading the Commonwealth in Alexandria? Did the uh, why were you saying he's leading the Commonwealth in Alexandria? I don't remember anything like that. I just remember him being with the caravan and trying to make peace. But I'm not sure if that's what you mean. Um, she said, uh, Joan says, did they address that? And I forgot. Luckily, it didn't allow Judith to have her weapon in the haunted house. Zombie dude could have been a dead dude. And that was a short opening. She's starting with a five. I got to be honest with you. I'm kind of starting with a 4.5 because I am not looking forward to Sebastian Dalton at all. I think he's a fucking waste of time. The guy, Tao may be a very good actor, but I loathe that character and I'm not interested in what happens to him. He kind of just pisses me off. We don't need another brat. Like, how the hell do brats survive that long? I could see them surviving a year or two and being protected, but eventually people get tired of protecting brats. That's not an analogy for life or anything. Um, All right, so... I changed the battery in my mouse, and it's behaving a little better now. I did actually manage to copy the link. Let me paste it over here now, and then I can read the extended synopsis to you guys. This has very light spoilers, but it's really more spoiling up to last week. They don't really spoil the actual episode. They kind of hint around at things that have been in trailers or mentioned in public somewhere. So this is from Bleeding Cool and written by Ray Fluke, who's their regular person for that. And this is what he has to say. I'm just making sure we're not going back. Uh, We seem to have a premiere of Killing Eve, so we might be going back. I'm going to double check. Yeah, we are. So I'll tell you guys a break number two. How's that? Okay, kids, uh, we are at break number two, and I'm going to go ahead and read the comments because the score is down at the end, and then I will score as well. So first off, um, sorry, I had a chip, and then all of a sudden it was a commercial break, and I didn't want to crunch in your ears. Um, Joan brought up a point towards the end. And I got a little confused. We kept talking about it after we went dark. So she started out watching the end of last week's episode. I can't help but think back to when the group first got to Alexandria. How did Eugene go from being in trouble? Oh, don't you mean when the group first got to the Commonwealth? That might be why I'm confused. Because Eugene was in trouble at the Commonwealth, not at Alexandria. Um, well, anyhow, he was in trouble for punching Sebastian Milton, and then all of a sudden he is bringing the contingent from the Commonwealth to Alexandria. Um, and no, I don't think he forgot anything. They haven't addressed how they got from one to the other yet. And then she mentioned, I was getting confused with that, and she said he was with the caravan after he was supposedly in jail and possibly about to be cast out. And not sure how he was then traveling with the caravan. Yes, they have not 
gotten to that part yet. And then, uh, side note, not related to what Joan said, I mispronounced the character's name because now it was said in the last episode. So the young girl also is not as close to a toddler as I thought. The photograph was very misleading, but M-E-I is pronounced May, not my. So I wanted to make sure I said that correctly. And then Joan said the brat survived because his mother somehow set up the Commonwealth and then spoiled him, kind of like Deanna's kid and Alexander before he got himself killed. Um, it was a way more amplified version of that, but yes. Um, by the way, Celeste, that won the costume contest, dresses Mercer. I caught a fleeting piece somewhere, I think maybe Twitter, where he had mentioned that I'm pretty sure Celeste may have been played by his real-life daughter, that Mercer actor. And he's going to be on Talking Dead tonight, so maybe we'll find out more. I'm not too okay with Carol breaking in to get medical records on Ezekiel, finding out it's bad, and then, like, she doesn't get punished, but then everybody else does little stuff. There's clearly a caste system, and they've already alluded to that, and I don't like this, and I don't understand... How people don't realize is that kind of behavior doesn't work in these sorts of scenarios. Um, there's a Showtime thing. Okay, there's uh, somebody in the bathtub with Skinny Pop popcorn. That's a little weird. Okay. Uh, Joan says, I'm finding it a little funny that Carol and the others are so accepting of the lifestyle of the Commonwealth when they were so suspicious of Alexandria back in the day. Um, Alexandria is a little different than the Commonwealth, a little. But in the beginning, I think I could see how they'd be closer ish and maybe that's the reason that they're more accepting of it because they have spent time in alexandria for a while and gotten a little civilized you know maybe also remember with carol she may look accepting but that doesn't necessarily mean anything remember how she's been when she was at alexandria and then joan says wow rosita is even more badass than i remember stabbing a quote rotter with his own leg bone and joan gave it a five to five and you know what i was a little reluctant before, but I'm actually going to come up after that last segment also. And I'm kind of wondering how Daryl, being his usual, I'm on my own and fuck your cooperation unless I feel like it, self is going to end up as some kind of military officer or representative frontline guy. I don't know how the hell that happened either. Um, I'm switching over to the article, but I'm unclear if we're going to have time. We have a Popeye's commercial. We have another one after that. No, it looks like we're back. I guess we'll wait till break number three. That's fine. See you then. Okay, everybody, it is 9.29, and we are back. And I have a message for Sebastian. Look at the flowers. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, Joan is going up to 575 for Daryl calling Sebastian a little prick. I'm willing to get a 5-5, but I, that whole thing is just really fucking tedious. Um. Also, the fast-chomping zombie, stop it. This is not 28 Days Later. It is not the mid-2000s remake of Dawn of the Dead. Fast zombies always suck. If they're fast, they're not zombies. 
they defeat the entire point of the mythos. That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. I'm not even going to be like that guy in the park with the sign. I don't care. You're not going to change my mind, so just shut the hell up. All right. Let us see if we can get over to the article and read it, or the uh, extended synopsis. Okay, this is where the timey-wimey stuff between AMC and AMC Plus can get a little confusing. So if you're watching The Walking Dead Season 11 Part 2 on AMC, you'll be watching the return episode on Sunday night. But if you're watching on AMC Plus, then you might have been able to watch the first two episodes by the time No Other Way hits cable screens. So the preview that was released today during IGN's Fan Fest 2000, pardon my hiccups, 2022, isn't for Sunday night's episode on AMC, but for season 11, episode 10, New Haunts, which AMC viewers can watch around 3 a.m. Eastern time, but AMC viewers won't be able to see until February 27th. So if you're an AMC watcher, you could be treading into major spoilers ahead. This was issued on my birthday on February 19th, last Saturday. So if you're an AMC watcher, and this is me saying that. This is not Ray Fluke's birthday. It's mine. Mine, mine, mine. A little more than a week before the episode hits. If you're an AMC Plus viewer, then consider the following a preview. Phew! Everybody got that? Good. Now on to the preview. It, but we may be back in a second. I'm checking after this commercial. We got an FX commercial, so it's not too long. In the following clip for New Haunts, introduced by Lauren Ridloff, Connie, who's played by Ridloff, has some serious questions for Governor Pamela Milton, Layla Robbins during the Commonwealth's Halloween celebration about the class division on display. But when Milton looks to PR the situation by introducing Connie and Kelly, played by Angel Theory, to a, quote, lottery winner, an unexpected confrontation catches Yumiko and Princess's attention. Uh, here's a look at the teaser. There seem to be some tweets and some videos and not too much talking, so I think that link is pretty much over. Let me see what else I've got to bring up here. Okay, we did all of the big stuff. Birthdays, unaccounted for characters, and Talking Dead. I do have discussion links. Um, the first one being something about Michonne and where she might be right now. I'm going to throw that link up, but I don't necessarily think I will get to it before we go back. We still have a commercial, so Hard to say. I'm going to try to get this set up as best as I can. Let's see if we can get this going here. Okay, Walking Dead Theory. Michonne found Portland's survivors that were mentioned in World Beyond. Uh, Walking Dead Theory Explained, written by Nicholas Raymond, published on February 14th from ScreenRat.com. And I'm checking the breakfast burrito commercial for Taco Bell. Well, we have an AMC Plus trailer, so we'll probably be back soon. Um, what happened to Michonne after her exit? She may have joined forces with the Portland survivors and some of World Beyond's characters. I will read the rest to you later. Oh, here's a fear trailer. That's going to get super interesting. We shall see. Looks like war. April 17th. Okay, see y'all at break number four.
So it's 9.45, and at break number four, my first freaking question is, why is Pamela Milton afraid of Sebastian? Because he's got a big fucking mouth during the middle of her handling a situation, and she's just letting him run it. I don't know what's going on with that. This Sebastian thing is the fetch of The Walking Dead, for those of you who have ever seen the movie Mean Girls. Um, <laughs> um, we left off a fast zombie suck, and I actually have a question about Pamela Milton's dad's painting. I could have sworn that that artist had done it a while ago and it got thrown out or something, but I might be on drugs. Um, and no, I don't mean the wine was in the garbage that Carol went through. The painting thing I thought was weeks ago. Oh, you know what it is? I realize what it is now. I'm conflating Walking Dead uh, series. That was a punchline from fear. There was a painting that somebody did of um, Strand. And he threw it over the top of the building. So that's me on some kind of something. I don't know. Um, Jones going to six. I'm willing to go to six for that last little incident. Um, but I find this sort of stuff tiresome. And I don't know that it adds a whole lot. I don't want to have a conversation about how the Commonwealth was in the comics. I don't really care. Lots of things can be different, but I'm not finding this compelling, and I really just want to slap people. So we shall see. Let me go back to the article about Michonne. Uh, so <coughs> they mentioned, after going her own way, the Walking Dead's Michonne, Denai Guerrero, may have found the Portland community mentioned in the Walking Dead world beyond. For a long time now, Michonne's whereabouts have been a major mystery, though her name has been brought up Often on the main series, she hasn't been seen since a 2020 episode. Obviously, because she's working on Black Panther 2 stuff, probably, and other things. One season after Rick departed The Walking Dead, Michonne followed suit. She made her last appearance in The Walking Dead Season 10, Episode 13, titled What We Become. But it's been said that her time in the franchise isn't completely over. It's commonly assumed that her return will happen in Rick Grimes' movies. As for what she's doing, Michonne is off looking for Rick somewhere in the United States. When she left, she didn't know the details of Jadis trading Rick to the CRM. But she was aware at this point that he was somehow still alive. It was the phone thing. Um, Her off-screen journey in the Walking Dead universe could lead her to discover the existence of the CRM, their plans, and possibly the location of their secret headquarters. And we're not back yet. So I don't know why a roofing company would name themselves MLM. All right, more Killing Eve stuff. Blah, whatever. Bye-bye. Michonne is far from the only character on a collision course with the CRM. Walking Dead World Beyond recently ended, well, not recently, but its main characters still have more fights ahead of them. The ending of the series revealed that many of the characters that escaped their base in New York are still committed to opposing the CRM and their goals. Several headed off to stop the Portland community from being massacred by the CRM. Looking at reveals made during Michonne's exit in World Beyond's final episode, a crossover of some kind may be on the horizon. Here's why Michonne may have linked with Portland survivors. Um, Walking Dead Season 10's Mysterious Caravan explained. I'm kind of looking to see if we're going back because we have a trailer for some horror show. 
I'm not sure what this is for exactly. I'm kind of waiting to see. So I can tell you guys in case you want to check it out. It's a movie. It's Searchlight Fresh, Hulu original on Friday. And we're on a Galaxy commercial. So at the end of what we've become, Michonne was heading north to a shipyard in New Jersey where Rick had supposedly been taken. I don't know how she knew that. Before she could get there, she saved two survivors from a zombie attack and joined up with them. As it turned out, Michonne's new, two new companions were stragglers from a much larger group. Michonne found out that they were part of a massive caravan traveling across the countryside. Hundreds, if not thousands, of people were walking together towards an unknown destination. Perhaps in the interest of finding safety in numbers, she joined the procession. For the time being, not much is known about who these people are, where they're going, or where they came from. The only clue was the way they were dressed, many looked like cowboys. And there's Hennessy commercial. We are now back. I'll see you guys at break number five. Okay, 9.55 p.m., break number five. Joan's going to 6.25. I'm going to stay at 6 for now. She did have a great thing to talk about. She uh, likened Sebastian to Dudley Dursley from Harry Potter. So Sebastian is the Dudley Dursley of Walking Dead, and I think that's pretty fair. Um, although he he seems to be more anger management than whiny. Dudley was more whiny than he is. Um, also, normally we do not talk about the source material, but just I'm going to let this one go because I thought it might be good for the discussion. Um, in the source material, meaning the comics, Pam wasn't afraid of Sebastian. She just kind of let him do whatever he wanted and so raised a horrible human being. Um, I don't know. I'm just shocked that she let him run his mouth in front of other people the way he did. But anyhow, that's the commentary on that. Let me go back to Michonne's article. Why Michonne's exit could be tied to World Beyond's ending. Earlier, there was some speculation going that Michonne might have found the pioneers from Fear the Walking Dead, but a much better theory has since emerged. Remember, these are all fan theories. They're not confirmed by AMC, just people observing and thinking about it. Pardon my hiccups. I'm so sorry. As noted above, Portland is under threat of attack by the CRM. Saving them became, became the new objective of Iris, played by Aaliyah Royale, Elton, Nicholas Cantu, and the Perimeter Group. Since World Beyond took place 10 years after the zombie apocalypse began, their efforts to save Portland likely already played out in The Walking Dead's timeline. Because remember, they had a time jump. If they managed to evacuate in time, it's entirely possible that they were trekking across the country at the time of Michonne's Walking Dead exit. Yeah, if they do do crossover stuff, they're going to have to reconcile the timeline hopping. Um, there's an HBO trailer, so I'm keeping an eye on things. It's worth noting the Portland settlement boasted over 87,000 members. With that in mind, Iris's group succeeding in getting a warning to Portland could easily explain the sheer size of the caravan Michonne found in The Walking Dead Season 10. Um keeping an eye on the screen. Even just a chunk of that population surviving the CRM's attack could account for what Michonne saw. Furthermore, Walking Walking Dead showrunner Angela Kang did say on Talking Dead 
that the caravan was somewhere between Virginia, Alexandria's location, and New Jersey. And we are still in the commercial. Okay. If the Portland survivors left Oregon and traveled all the way to the northeast corner of the United States, it may be that they crossed paths. It would have been a long and grueling journey, to be sure, but with such massive numbers, it's hard to imagine much of anything being capable of stopping them. The caravan making it that far isn't unfeasible. Unfeasible. If it did, Michonne may currently be in the company of the people the CRM tried to destroy. And we're still not back, so I'll continue. A Portland connection could set up Michonne's return. Michonne joining the Portland survivors could serve as setup for her role in Rick Grimes' movies. When she left the show, she knew Rick was in a New Jersey shipyard at one point that was never going to be enough for her to track him down. What Michonne really needs is a way to get intel on the CRM, which she still knows nothing about. It's for this reason that it would make perfect sense for the Walking Dead franchise to connect Michonne's new group to the CRM story. If there is a connection... That could create a pathway for her to make an appearance in Rick Grimes' movies. That could very well be where Portland comes into the picture. If the caravan had previous ties to the CRM and were nearly killed by them, that could give her some much-needed answers about Rick's captors. Through them, she could develop a proper understanding of the CRM's methods and operations. And the interview with the Vampire series is coming up. And Walking Dead final season is coming up. I think we're about to go back, so I'm trying not to get too more involved. Um, the next one is Michonne and World Beyond's Heroes Can Join Rick Grimes' Movies Together. But I'll read you the commentary on that in a bit. Okay, we're back. Okay, guys, it's 10.07. Going to keep this short and sweet so y'all can go watch Talking Dead. Um, I had one last comment. Ezekiel has to know what's going on with himself because if you notice, he's given away two or three of his favorite pieces of memorabilia to people, and not just frivolously, but to people who really guard them. I think he knows something is wrong with him. Um, Joan has added, uh, what she said, like you said last season, this whatever disease, it was something like throat cancer or something similar to that. It runs in his family. And Joan says, love how Daryl and Judith look less than comfortable in their new clothes or uniforms. He looks like he's missing his vest, and she's missing Rick and Carl's hat. Yes. I didn't notice that. And Joan says, love that they're eating, uh, they're playing, eat the rich. So she's ending on a 6.5 for, just for that. I'm ending on a 6.5 for that and other things. And I'm just going to wrap it up here. We can get back to the Michonne thing next time. And I'll let you guys go. Good night, and thank you very much for joining us, and hopefully we will see you next weekend. Much appreciation. Take care.